Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode 21 of Work Life 360. Today, we're going to be talking all about top men's health risks. But first, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. Thank you for finding us. I know it was a long, long time to find us, but you're here, you're safe. You're going to get some good tips and tricks. If you've been with us for the past couple months, past year, thank you and continue to follow us. We appreciate all your comments and emails. Uh, We appreciate if you go ahead and hit the subscribe button as Rhonda and I deliver great content every single Wednesday. Again, today's topic is all about men's health risks. Uh, You know, Rhonda, how are you today? Doing well, Bruce. Um, My husband just celebrated another milestone birthday. Yeah. Men's health over the weekend. So we went out and splurged on some foods that we don't traditionally eat okay during the course of the week because we try to live a healthy lifestyle but special occasion we had appetizers the main entree bread dessert a lot of fun and i gotta tell you we don't eat out a lot we pretty much on average always eat at home at the dinner table um, which is an old tradition that we have. And it was kind of nice to go out and see people again. And it was a packed restaurant, a local restaurant. And it was really beautiful to see people's faces again and people out and about really enjoying themselves. And we sat there for a moment and just took that in, felt gratitude for the moment and thankful for all those people that made it possible for us to be out and about again, because last year, obviously, it was a very different scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of miss my people watching. I'm not going to lie. I I always have a lot of fun. You know, I took a trip out to Denver a couple months ago to go skiing and I was for a work trip and it, sitting at the airport watching people is, is just so much fun. So to be able to get out, sit at a restaurant, do some people watching, you know, it, it's great. You know, as human beings, we're social creatures. We, we strive to be around people. Um, this whole pandemic has kind of got a lot of people in, in for uh, in all sorts of fits. And in fact, we I've got a really close friend of mine, um, you know, they're older and uh, they they're, they're having a hard time adjusting back to normal. Um, you know, his wife is hypersensitive to, to germs and, um, you know, she worked in a blood lab at the hospital for quite a long time. And, you know, so she, I don't want to say she's a germaphobe, but she kind of is. And so they're, they're having a hard time adjusting to, to getting back to reality, um, and, and being around people. And that I, they're not the only ones, you know, I went to Costco earlier today and, you know, there were still people wearing, you know, face masks. And, um, you know, I think that's something that we're going to see for a long, long time is, is, uh, is the use of face masks, whether they work, whether they don't, that's, that's your personal preference. But as we get into our topic today of, of men's health and health risks, you know, obviously men are kind of stubborn when it comes to going to the doctor. Um, even though we have 
some pretty serious health risks uh, that we should address and need to address. I know, you know, personally, my dad, you know, he he would have to be losing a limb before he goes to the doctor. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a recap of where we're at. But, you know, kind of before we dig into men's health risk, our previous action item was to, you know, listen to the guide imagery and actually apply it. And, you know, I had the opportunity to, to drive out to Virginia Beach um, for a family vacation. And uh, my wife was driving. I wasn't driving while I did this because you got to close your eyes. But my wife was driving. I turned it on and it was so nice just to kind of sit there and be present in the moment. Uh, Rhonda, how'd you do? I actually practiced guided imagery one night when I was having an issue going to sleep. And in my bedroom, I have a, a framed picture, which was a puzzle of the beach and a mm. beach chair. So instead of closing my eyes, I actually just kept my eyes open and focused on that beach and tried to hear the sounds and smell the beach and listen to the seagulls in my head and create a space in my mind that was less cluttered with all the activities of the day and the you know recycling of different thoughts and what have you. And it really did eventually calm me down to where I could actually turn the lights off and fall asleep. So that was probably the first time that I ever did it intentionally by actually looking at something, which I had mentioned to you before, like the beach is my happy place. Yeah. And so it was nice to have it to apply it as needed because I was having a hard time turning off my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a little off topic, but I I've always been fascinated um as humans, again, we're we're land creatures, we live on the land, but everybody has kind of a inward draw towards the beach, towards lakes, towards being on the water and swimming and um I've always kind of been a little curious as to where that comes from, you know, where, why, why do we go to the beach for vacation? Like, why not go to the mountains? I know some people do, but like, what's our, what's most people's draw to the beach and the sand and, um, the waves crashing and why is that calming to us to just listen to the waves crash and people use it as uh, white noise. And mm -hmm. I, I've always been kind of curious to that. Yeah, that, that would be a good thing to research a little bit, Bruce. I know that when I've listened to different people speak on mindfulness, they always talk about how important it is to step back by opening our vision. So having that panoramic view and the beach kind of sets the stage perfectly for us to do that because we become so small in that space that it allows us to relax our thoughts and kind of escape a little bit into the beauty of nature just as it is and it can become a powerful setting and if you look at artists they also paint pictures of different either landscapes that just kind of calm you down because it kind of brings you back to nature and ground you because we are mm -hmm. one one with the earth in a sense and we can use that energy from listening to the to the waves and listening to the seagulls and just looking afar and gazing into the horizon where we have the ability to tap into maybe the unknown or dream a little um, and i think it just provides the setting for us to do so without all the external noise that can come out about our day-to-day -day life when we're interacting with one another in more confined spaces. 
Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been curious as to that because it doesn't matter where you live, you know, everybody is kind of drawn to water and maybe, maybe it has to do with the fact that we need water to survive. It's a, always been a, a question of, um, maybe I'll do some research on that, but, um, we could actually do a show on that. I think. That yeah, that'd be fun to find out. That would be fun. Um, so today, men's health, um, big topic. Obviously, it's uh, Men's Health Prevention Month. Um, and I know Global Trans, we had talked um, last week in Global Trans. This is one of their um, focal points for the month, and um, some would call it a campaign. But um, what do you guys, t- what, do you, what do you call it? We have monthly wellness challenges. So this month is all about focusing on men's health issues, mm-hmm. particularly heart disease, cancer, and accidents, which are the leading causes of death for men, and really bringing awareness to our team, and, and not just the males, females as well, because sometimes, as we see in research and study and the data, that men are less likely to seek care, and sometimes they just need a little nudge. As, mm-hmm. you know, women, we are more apt to seek treatment for whatever it is, annual exams, mental health counseling, just if something's off, women are more likely to go see what that is. This month, it's all about sharing some of the hard facts, in particular, just knowing that men die at a higher rate than women, heart disease, cancer, injuries, strokes, suicide, HIV, all of these ailments and potentially deaths there's more prevalence of men facing these health risks. So it's really about creating a campaign of awareness so that men feel more empowered to go seek treatment, to get those annual exams, to allow themselves to make time for themselves versus you know going after the grind of the day-to-day job. Because um, yeah. that's, you know, that's again, society bias like men are have been always seen as the hunters and the gatherers so we've created this environment where they're less apt to talk about their health issues they're it's all about masculinity and brushing off some maybe signs that there's an issue so with our team it's all about we all want to treat each other equally and we all need to manage the stress take time to exercise, eat healthy, try to quit the smoking and the vaping. That's a big campaign that we have here. Um, Getting up, you know, moving around and not waiting until there's something wrong. It's all about prevention, which is the best medicine. You know, and any of our listeners listeners that may not be familiar with with my background or or Rhonda's, maybe you're just catching this one off wind, but so we're both in the transportation industry um, and heavily dominated by men. Um, there's no two ways around it. It's a, it's primarily a a male, probably younger on the broker side, younger males on the broker side. And then, uh, but then on the driver's side, uh, typically it's, it's older gentlemen and, and health is extremely important, you know, and if you look, all the truck stops have all the fast food joints, it's fast, it's easy, it's quick, it's cheap. Um, but he lived a little bit different. So his, his truck was set up with, with two crock pots, um, one would cook his breakfast while he was sleeping at night and the other one would, would cook his dinner. And, and he's like, you know, Bruce, I, I eat like a king out here. Uh, before I leave, I pack up my groceries, I pack up my truck, I got my crock pot, you know. So he he made time 
for him to eat healthy while being on the road because let's face it as a freight broker you're sitting on the you're sitting most of the day 90% of the day you're sitting as a truck driver same kind of situation you're sitting a lot you're behind the wheel you're not you're not moving about you're not getting exercise and if you are you know you're strapping down a load or you're doing your pre-check and that's about the extent of most drivers exercising the day so those of you that aren't familiar with with our industry it's it, the younger people on the brokerage side they 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 find outlets um they're not as confined to a truck per se um but knowing your your atmosphere and your your family's history of of health issues is so important yeah particularly for instance like prostate cancer that seems to be very dramatic 30,000 men die annually from prostate cancer i know every single one of my uncles and both of my brothers have all had prostate cancer and thankfully they get checked annually so they knew this I mean, my brother was 44 when he had prostate cancer. And what I tend to see in the age group of the transportation industry is type 2 diabetes. So there's a lot of discussion about eating, moving, yeah. um, a lot of soda drinkers. So a lot of it is talking about nutrition as well as exercise because I also see a lot of high blood pressure watching the sodium. So they're the two that I see as well as anxiety and depression. So again, we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one, heart to heart conversations about family health history because despite the fact that there's a genetic component, there's a whole component of the positive health behaviors like you're mentioning about the truck driver. Like you are in charge of that and we can make excuses all day. Oh, I have to work too much and oh, I didn't have time to meal prep. Like they're just excuses. If you had prostate cancer, guess what? You're gonna make the changes if you want to stick around. But we are so good, and women as well, at making excuses. And when we know that there's a health risk there, it's so much easier to brush it off until, oh my gosh, I have to make a change. It's like with any goals that we, we've talked about that before, goal setting. If you want to be healthy and you know there are some health concerns, particularly for truck drivers, and you know this, there's a way to combat those health concerns by prioritizing your health habits and speaking to whoever it is you're re reporting to and putting it out there what your expectations are. Just like our job has expectations for us, we also can have expectations for the job. It's important to express what your boundaries are to your employer, to your team, so that everybody's on the same page. And the more that we all do that together, the more apt the next guy is. He'll be more inclined to take his health serious and know that it's okay to do so. So I was... I was on a really call today and the speaker and he said if I take a two by four and I stick it on a two cinder blocks, one on each end, and I put ten dollars on the end of one two by four and said, If you can walk from one end of the two by four to the other, you can have the ten dollars. Rhonda, would would you would you walk across that two by four for the ten dollars that's only on a cinder block? I wouldn't if necessarily it, do it. <laughs> okay. Most people would. Most people would say, yeah, I would, I would try to, to get it for $10. Yeah. But if I take that same two by four and I put it on top of the tallest building in Arizona and said, you got on a windy day and said, I'll put $10,000 on the other end. If you walk from one side to the other, most people are like, most people are like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going. <laughs>
what's your purpose? So if your health is that important to you, you will find time to make it work. You will find a way around that excuse of, oh, I just didn't have time to go to the grocery store and, and pick up some healthy food or oh, I didn't have time to go to the doctor. If it's important to you, you will find time. If it's not important to you or if you're like, nah, I'm a man, I'll be okay. We think sometimes we're invincible when we're younger. When I was 24, 26, things that I would do then, there's no way today at 50-something I would make those same choices. But at the time, you know, because of my purpose or whatever it was, I would take more risks. Now I'm a little more cautious, but that's a learning process just like with everything. So as you're asking me that question about putting the money on the cinder block, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not just looking at the money. I'm thinking the why. Like, why is it to go for this money? Like, why should I take this risk versus the money on top of the tall building? So it's all your perception as to, so I don't see the money on top of the building as a high risk. I see it more as what is the purpose, regardless of where it is. If there's meaning to it, I'm going to do what I have to do to get to that, which is going to maybe take me a little longer, a little more thoughtful process maybe a little more resources, a little more planning, a little more um, being really diligent about making sure of my surroundings, but still go after it. So it's, it's interesting how people assess risks at different times because at different times of your life, your perception is going to be very different. So my 24-year-old self would probably bend down and go after the money that's right in front of me. But my 50-year-old mm -hmm. self, <laughs> I, would, I would wait first. I'd need more information, if that makes sense. A little more cautious. A little, some people call it old age. Some people call it experience. <laughs> um, Ron, I know you had some, some facts and data that you wanted to share. Um, you want to go ahead and start digging in on that? Sure. So some of the top causes of death in 2018 included heart disease, which we talked about. Men more likely to die of heart disease than women. Again, men die from cancers, chronic liver disease, cirrhosis, and HIV, um, even suicide and homicide. When looking at the data, all these top causes of death impact men more likely than women. And in 1920, it was pretty close, the ratio of, of age and death. And in 2018, women are nine times more likely to live to be 100 than men. Wow. And a lot of that, you know, obviously there are some social determinants, but women definitely are more apt to caution on the preventative side and seek some care whereas men tend to put that off. In my family, growing up, my dad, I don't ever remember him going to the doctors, ever. And come to find out, he was an electrician, so he would do his annual exam as part of requirements for the union, but gender, different cultures, uh, races, different ethnicities, everybody has a different belief system, even different religions, right? So not everyone is apt to seek care and men in particular are less likely to um, really prioritize their health, unfortunately. And when we're talking about suicide and homicide and addictions to different substances, you just see a higher prevalence of that with our male population. And I think we need to do a better job at allowing space for men and showing compassion and really champion them when they do take charge of their health 
and then support one another in doing so, particularly our, with our veterans. Yeah, I know myself, I'm in a little bit different situation. Um, I get, I drink beer with my doctor uh, quite often. <laughs> he's uh, my Maybe wife's cousin. <laughs> yeah, oh, so okay. he, he's my wife's cousin. Um, and so my perception of, of healthcare and, you know, the guy is a, I mean, he's smarter than, than I'll ever be uh, when it comes to health. Uh, However, uh, you know, we were, I was talking to him, I don't know, it was probably about a month ago and, you know, just seeing how his practice was doing, how's, you know, with COVID, everything's going on, blah, blah, blah. And and he's like, you know, we're seeing more and more people go to virtual, uh, doctor visits than, than in person. And I said, well, you know, what's that doing to the industry? He's like, it's, it's amazing. You know, people don't have to drive out here. They literally can do it from their phones, you know, so going to the doctor isn't what it used to be. Uh, times have changed, uh, you know, so if you're if you're sitting there thinking like, well, I, my doctor sucks. Well, go get another one. There's awesome doctors out there that they're going to look over your health. And, and it's easier now, easier now more than ever to go see the doctor. And um, I mean, I did all my doctor visits this past year, all virtual, you know, and it's great. Um, don't have to leave the comfort of my own house. Just log on the computer and there I am. I think we're in a wonderful situation this year. People have more access to telehealth medicine. There's so many different organizations that incorporate that into their health plan system now. And as a result of the pandemic, before it used to be very much state by state. So if you're in one state, you could not necessarily speak to someone via telehealth in another state. So with the pandemic, those regulations were rolled back. So now we can, like you mentioned, Bruce, we can seek different providers until we find the right fit. Mm-hmm. So, and some people really have embraced that. Some people still like that face-to-face, right? And then it's just another venue to seek care in an instant so you now you don't have to travel it's easy it's right there on your phone i've used telehealth twice we have that through global trans it's free it's a part of our health insurance and i would say the other thing is you also have these pop-up clinics now so you can go to walgreens you can go to cvs you can do it on your phone or you can go there in person i know they're giving the vaccines out Mm -hmm. there's so many more opportunities now there's urgent care. There are so many venues to seek care. And I say that knowing wholeheartedly that there's also still a part of the population that does not have access to these resources. So those of us who do, it's really important that we reach out to those who are not in the same situation as we are and do our due diligence to educate them when we can and encourage them to seek different resources that are available to them, which might take a little bit more time, you know, and just lend a hand where we can. Yeah. And granted, not everything can be done via the internet um, or do, or through, you, you called it telehealth? Telehealth. Telehealth. Okay. Or just called something different, but it all the same. There are some things you're going to have to go in for, like if you have an upper respiratory infection, like you got to go in for that because you got to get x-rays. But just your overall, you know, cold or, you know, there's a lot of so many things that you can just schedule online and and never even have to leave the comfort of your own house. So um, kind of an action item that that Ron and I talked about before 
we jumped on was, you know, to do a full health assessment. Um, and if you haven't been to the doctor in the, in the past year, go and get just a regular checkup. You know, I, who are we to tell you? But at the same time, like we're here to, to provide and, and to help you navigate through the world's clutter. And, you know, this might be resonated with somebody that hasn't seen the doctor in, you know, the past couple of years. And if it's Rhonda and I's voice that, that gets you to the doctor, then so be it. But do a full health assessment. Find out your, your family's medical history, you know, especially with prostate. Um, like Rhonda had said, it, it's genetic. It, or it has a tendency to be genetic. Um, I know on my wife's side, it, it ran through them. Uh, um, just be careful. I would add to Bruce, say you're a young person listening, it's really important to establish your baseline. Because mm. even if you're not really aware of what certain things would feel like, establishing that baseline helps the professionals know ahead of time. Like, for instance, arthrosclerosis. We think of that as somebody in their 40s and 50s. But that starts in your teens, in your 20s, and then it builds up. So if you go get your blood checks, the doctor has that data so they can see this and it's all about prevention and having that baseline. They'll know if something's off and then there's those questions. Okay, is there any more stress in your life? How are you sleeping? What are you changing in your eating habits? Are you exercising? Has there been a life event? Did you move? Was there a divorce? All these different things, we don't realize all of that impacts our health. So while we in our 20s think we're invincible it's still really important to capture that data so when things get a little trickier with more responsibilities and maybe we're not paying attention because we're so driven for you know whatever it is that we're focused on we can take that worry away by just going to the doctor so we don't mm. have to worry about it and that's what i would say to young folks listening just have your annual checks so that you don't have to worry about that. Let somebody else worry about that because that's just one more thing, right, to worry about. So having that information and just going every year for whatever the standards are for your age group is really important because when there's a little shift in your health information, the recommendations can be made to you and then maybe you might start to physically notice it. Ah, oh, so I've been feeling real tired lately. Oh, I see my blood work was off. Oh, I haven't yep. been sleeping as well. And as a result of my not sleeping so well, I've been eating more fast food or processed foods. And oh, crap, my cholesterol is up. Just got to make a little change, a little shift. Boom, you're good to go. That's what it's all about. It was just improving the quality of your life on the long haul. Yep, yep. This life is a, is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So, guys, this concludes... Our episode of Work Life 360, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. We hope that you got some good information and maybe hopefully call to action to, to take a look at your health and, and just live a better, healthier, healthier, happy life. Take care and be well. Take care, everybody. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes to any links to any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. 
We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.